It's the Braincast, Braincast, the PopBrain.com. Braincast, Braincast, listen to the show, because you're in for the PopBrain.com. Braincast, Braincast, oh Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Breakcast, the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. I'm your film editor, Daniel Cohen. Uh, no Bill Bodkin today. Bill Bill was actually sent to the Phantom Zone because uh, last week he wrote an article defending the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. So Bill is in a timeout, uh, so that's okay. Thankfully, we don't have to talk about those today. Uh, but that's all right. We will forge ahead. Uh, joining me today making not her breakcast debut but her movie breakcast debut we have marissa carpico marissa say hello hey there all right very eager just to get into the discussion i like it um yes we have of course here today after about what 900 production photos online uh 700 trailers and tv spots uh, about a million Comic-Con panels, uh, and then in the last month, I think we had Warner Brothers executives at 4 a.m. running down the streets screaming what the release date was, and then after about, what, 75 years of the character's existence in comic books, yep. we have a Wonder Woman movie. It happened. It's actually here. Uh, okay, well, all right, before we go any further, spoilers on. All right, that is your warning. We are spoiling the movie so if you haven't seen it, hit pause, come back, and listen to the podcast. If you don't care about getting spoiled, then then forge ahead. Uh, so Wonder Woman. This is the fourth DC Expanded Universe film. Uh, we all know what the first three were, Man of Steel, BVS, and Suicide Squad. Um, and of course, as we all know, whenever a DC movie uh, comes into the theaters, the earth shakes you know, everybody kind of straps on their internet armor, ready to do battle on both sides. Uh, but not this time. You know, this is, th- it finally happened. Everyone seems to be like they're in universal agreement with this movie. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, this movie really, so many things would would have to have gone wrong for this movie to fail. Uh, and so I think everyone was very optimistic about it. Uh, Wonder Woman, my review is on the site. I think the film is fantastic. It met my expectations exactly. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I love the film. We will talk about all the details. Don't you worry. But Marissa, I'm going to throw it to you first. Your overall thoughts on Wonder Woman. Uh, I loved it. Um, I was. Uh, I joked on our pregame article that that if I if it wasn't good, I was going to have a never be happy again, um, which is only really half of a joke because I don't know. It just I just was hoping a lot for it because unfortunately, you know, it's it doing well is going to determine whether we get a lot more female fronted comic book movies, which is ridiculous, but unfortunately true. Um and I, I'm just glad it was not the worst ever. And that, I mean, it has its problems, certainly. Um, I mean, I think DC might have not 
might have hedged its bets a little in it, um, just based on the CGI budget. It seems a little low, honestly. And um, like it shouldn't be as as sketchy as it is in the film. But that's a minor quibble. That is not really the the film's fault necessarily. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I loved the theme of Skira stuff. I loved Gagadot. I loved I loved everything. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you I mean, you kind of mentioned it at the top and this is something we'll, we'll talk about more uh later in more detail, but like it did kind of look, to to actually to borrow a DC term, uh this movie like I felt like not only had the weight of the world on its shoulders, but like the weight of the multiverse on its shoulders. Yeah. Uh we can talk about that later, but just for my overall thoughts, I mean, like I said, my reviews on the site, I love the film and I actually look, there's going to be plenty of time to uh sing the praises of Patty Jenkins in this uh, cast. Uh, we will get into all of it, but I actually want to start with uh, crediting the screenwriter here, Alan Heinberg, because look, doing doing an origin story, especially in this day and age when we've seen so many superhero movies, is not an easy task. Okay, right. because when they're done wrong, they can really hamper the whole movie. It happened with Green Lantern. Um, well, it happened with Batman v Superman. I mean, like how we've seen, we've relived the Wayne's dying almost as much as Bruce has at this point. Yeah, I disagree with you on that, because that was just one opening sequence, and I actually, you know, brief BVS diversion, because I, when the movie started, when Batman v Superman started, and, and I saw, like, oh, they're about to go into the whole Bruce Wayne origin thing, I was like, oh, this is how we're starting the movie? Not a good start. But yeah. I thought that that sequence was directed so well. I was like, yeah, okay, I, for, I forgive it. It's directed well, but it was it's it would have been fine if the entire movie didn't hinge on those issues. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Like if if the entire movie's plot and emotional weight didn't depend on that that pivotal moment again, I, I think it might have not been so. It, it would have been easier to forgive. Uh, fair enough. Now you have to remember though that stuff. I mean that that is what defines Batman. Uh, but we can, you know what, that's yeah. a, but we can definitely, I actually have some thoughts on how I think, I, and look, I, I've made no secret on the website, I love Batman versus Superman, I think it is a phenomenal film. I actually, I, I also like it a lot, but it is, I, I want, I wish, I wanted a lot of other things from it as well. We, we are alone on a very lonely island, I mean, I defend that film, <laughs> yeah. but we'll actually, I actually think that, um, I have some thoughts on how I think BVS could have been better in relation to this movie. So mm-hmm. I actually I actually want to put a bookmark in that for now. Um, we'll definitely yeah. talk about more of the DCEU towards the end. But I, I do want to credit the screenwriter because doing it, like I said, doing an origin story is not easy. I mean, even though I kind of liked that first Amazing Spider-Man movie, the origin aspect of it weighed it down heavily. But, right. you know, for, for me, for me, I don't think it's it's not at like Batman Begins and in my opinion Man of Steel origin level which I think those origin stories are the origin story perfected but it is right up there and so credit to the writer for being able to do that and by the way I'm looking at the screenwriter's past credits I, I can't even believe this he wrote episodes of like Grey's Anatomy Sex in the City Party of 5 Gilmore Girls and I'm not rolling my eyes at that because, like, oh, I'm a guy and I'm supposed to not like those shows by law. No, 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 no. It's more of just i surprised that that stuff translated to him writing a, a superhero Wonder Woman movie. But he did a yeah, great I mean, job. I, I, he did a great job. Yeah, I'm not – I'm actually – I mean I think that works because um, I don't – I think you could see it in this movie and I'm sure we'll talk about it more later. But, you know, I think there's a lot of character stuff that I – that is – all of those things are very, like – 
human being based. Like there's no explosions. I mean, Grey's Anatomy can get crazy occasionally, but all of the drama is really human based um, and like human interaction based. And I think that's part of what makes this movie very enjoyable and what is somewhat lacking in some of the other I mean, a lot of comic book movies, honestly, not just in the DCEU. I think that's a good point. I mean, I definitely, I can see your point about how, because you're right. I mean, it's it's just that character, this movie works so well because it is such a well-done character-driven movie. Um, right. So I think you're right. I can definitely see how that stuff would translate here. I was more talking about it in the fact that he was able to write so well a succinct origin story, especially mm-hmm. because someone like Wonder Woman who... I mean, let's be serious here. Wonder Woman's origin story is a little wonky, okay? Yeah. And it's not well known. Like, okay, everybody knows well, Superman's it, it recently, origin story. Everybody knows it really Batman's origin changed. story. Uh, that's true. Yes, it did. And so it's like, yeah, you're right. And it doesn't, like, if you were to ask someone, you know, what is Wonder Woman's origin? They would be like, uh, like, like an island or something, and she lives there, and... Like I don't think like I don't think you're gonna get a lot of oh yeah she was molded from clay by the gods and came to yeah. life one day like yeah. you're not gonna get a lot of those answers and this right. speaks to I think just how well the dialogue is done in this it is so efficient especially yeah. with Diana's lines oh yeah her, her lines always fit perfectly who the character is. And just also yeah. it fit her situation and her reactions to simple things. Like she just had a very quick line to sum everything up. Her line about the watch controlling Steve Trevor's life. That was brilliant. I um, mean, I don't know if you, I don't know how tuned in your audience was in, was to that, but there was a, a sort of um, the double entendre of that being his, you know, sort of a metaphor, an obvious metaphor for his penis at that moment. I, there was a, a, a moment of silence and then a couple girls started laughing and then a lot of girls started laughing and then there was like actual applause applause after that line oh you gotta i mean yeah there there was a lot of that stuff especially early in the movie between those characters um but it was very well written and yeah. uh just like i mean the audience for my screening just i mean ate this film up oh my yeah. god i mean this is a crowd pleaser but yeah just... I, I definitely think the sort of um old old school romantic banter um in the film is a lot of what makes it enjoyable and not even just the romantic banter necessarily but the the way people banter in this and there's a serious emphasis on human conversation do you know what i mean like there are lines in in Batman v Superman or even you know a lot of comic book movies where they have to do so much business that it doesn't sound like a human being speaking so I appreciated that about this that it it was like constantly like all right this is how people would converse I I completely agree I mean I have two all right a couple things on that number one is that 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 is so true especially on the scene when they're on the boat and Mm -hmm. this is and this is a point I've made a million times in other podcasts and on the website but I'm sorry, this is why it's superhero movies like this that trumps the Marvel movies, okay? Mm-hmm. Whereas the humor – yes, the, the scene on the boat is very funny. I mean there's a lot of laughs to be had. But unlike a Marvel movie where all the humor is just set up and I don't think it's organic to character, these, mm-hmm. are, these are conversations that these two characters would have on that boat. Like yeah. Steve Trevor asking her you know, about you know being close to someone physically like yeah you kind of grew up alone on this you know kind of mystical island like he's he's not it's 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 you know it's funny it's clever but it's also 
like really a genuine interest of like how like you know how have you lived this long i mean what is your life like on this island but then also in turn diana just kind of being really confused about like why why are you sleeping all the way over there like why wouldn't we not just sleep like next to each other and that's more of sort of a fish out of water aspect because she just doesn't understand the concepts of you know human beings and they're you know they're they're sort of like they're sort of like rules here and C. Trevor finds it's just it's such an such an odd dynamic but it's such a great dynamic their chemistry is fantastic I was thinking about it I don't think this is a I don't think this is a superhero movie it's it, it's like right on the cusp of being in my top ten it's like mm-hmm. right there but you would be hard pressed to find two characters that have a better chemistry in a superhero movie the only I, I thought of three examples um and of course two of them come from the nolan movies shocker bruce wayne and alfred batman and gordon uh and then logan and professor x but i mean other than that yeah i was thinking romantic that makes more sense um yeah i think that that's accurate i mean you called out in terms of in terms of like an actual romantic um uh relationship you pointed out steve and and um uh, Peggy Carter in you know the Marvelverse, and that that's a great example because they're very similar. I mean, in terms of how they meet and the sort of milieu around them, um, and also in terms of chemistry. Um, but yeah, I think you're right about there is it is harder to find um, you know a more sort of in tune couple that does so much for each other, and and that's true of Steve and 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 Diana in the in the comics as well. I mean. They're they're sort of unique in their in their way because she, she her the power dynamic has shifted from what we're normally seeing. Um, but I do want to talk about that that boat scene for a second. Go for um, it. And I, I you know I you're not say, saying that she doesn't understand humanity necessarily. What she doesn't no, understand no 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 like, like their the Steve Trevor's uh, view right. of humanity. She, yeah, because I think what's so interesting about that scene is that he clearly is uncomfortable or uh, doesn't know he wants to ask the question have you ever been with someone else and it's all implied there because the only other answer is is uh, for in in her experience would be a woman um and he wants to ask the question but he's it's like the you know the early 1900s he can't even fathom asking that question um and the what's interesting about that scene is the way it dances around that and then sort of seems to escalate to this point of like the two of them may be trying something. And then she immediately sort of emasculates him and just removes all of the sort of subject, or, you know, removes all of the, the possibility from that moment by saying, you know, well, the conclusion of all these books I read about, you know, human pleasure is that w- women don't actually need a man to, to have, to experience it. Well, and she doesn't even, and she has, look, she has no clue that she's emasculating him. She's just going yeah, by, I this, is, this is, I, no, th- 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 I think, I think she's just kind of going by like, this is what I was taught. Like, you know, yeah, I lived I, on I this place I, where. I don't disagree with that because the implication is that she's read a, sh- a lot, right? She's read these six or seven books or whatever on, on human pleasure. Um, and she, she, there's a smile on Gal Gadot's face that's, that's so, that you, you can see she might know that she is sort of, and she even says, I don't think you'd like them, here's why, because they say that you're irrelevant. Um, and 
much implied there that like maybe she's she knows that she probably knows that for sure she's been alive for probably thousands of years realistically you know um and he's I clearly think, sort of yeah I, I i can see that point i think that's more of a movie thing where it's like we just want to get a good laugh out of the audience and the tone yeah. and tenor of gal gadot's delivery makes it seem like she's kind of rubbing it in his face um i i take it more as just like she's this is a you know she's book smart like this is she's gained all of her knowledge from books and the reason why i don't think she knows that she's really digging into steve trevor is because she doesn't have that kind of street experience you know out in the real world i mean i think that's interesting though i I think it could definitely be taken either way you have to ignore what what the the movie is is a movie the actors and the writing is telling you to really totally buy that i mean that's one of the things if i can get into it like that I sort of quibble with in, in your review, for instance. There's a moment where you're oh. talking about the the end where she, you know, spoiler big time. Yeah, we're we're in spoiler territory. Yeah, we're in spoiler, spoiler territory. But uh, when when you know when she um, realizes that killing one person is not going to end the war, uh, you, you you call it there like a simple understanding of the world, and I think you have to be careful not to conflate. You know, a clarity, the clarity of her morals, um, inexperience and and idealism with simplicity, because, you know, she is very intelligent. She has she knows every world language, for Christ's sake. So I think her understanding is more complex than than, you know. But see, I I, but see now I, I think it's a I think it's a compliment to the character. And then she looks at the I'll give you like a couple examples is that uh, and this is just speaks to the how good the writing is when they first mm-hmm. arrive in London she's just like take me to the war like let's yeah. go like i like that's what i mean by her simplicity and i don't i'm not saying that wonder woman is simple but yeah. i think her view i think her view is efficient and smart and that she doesn't dilly dally she's just like i came here to save people and fight a war take me to yeah. the war in the scene when she's you know, when they go to the all the guys debating about whether or not that to go to stop the attack, she's just like, "This is ridiculous! Like, why we're we're talking about this? That's insane! Why? Let's just go! Let's fight! Yeah, like that's, that's what I that's, that's what I mean, what I mean by her right. outlook of the world is simple, and I mean that as a compliment. Now, where I do think though, and this is, I think this speaks to the character of Wonder Woman. I mean, I've read you know some Wonder Woman material, not mm-hmm. a ton. Um, but I think the character to me has always been she strives to be perfect, um, and that can and that at times can be her undoing. When I say at the end, because that is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie, and I think speaks to the complexity of the film, is mm-hmm. she? I think because she thinks that just killing you know Danny Houston's character, which we can talk about later, but mm-hmm. okay, this is gonna you know I have such a strong belief in these people that I think they're just being influenced. And if I just kill this one entity, I know I can solve the problem because I believe in that. And then when she does it, you know, that doesn't work. And what's, what's great is that conversation and exchange that she has with Steve Trevor and Chris, you know, Chris Pine, he's trying to explain to Diana, like it's complicated. Like, you know, you, you just, you don't, this is what human beings are. 
they're very complicated and yep. they can go to dark places and just killing this one guy, it's not going to solve everything, but it's all about just what you believe. That was brilliant. And again, it's not, mm-hmm. I'm not knocking the character of Diana at all. This is just like you said, it's just her inexperience. And then I think the movie also does a great job of having its cake and eating it too. Because when Ares is finally revealed, he puts the seed of of these characters like, you know, I'm going to put the seed of you being able to build these weapons. But he makes a very clear point of they did it, though. I yeah, didn't tell they, them to they do that. They have to choose to use it. Brilliant. I mean, it does have its, have its cake and eat it, too, definitely. Because then after she kills Ares, the Nazis and the good guys are just like hug, literally hugging each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, she she is um, I don't know if she strives to be perfect, but she definitely idealistically believes that people should be better than they are because she grew up in a world that what in a on an island that was perfect. I mean, yes, the, you know, Themyscira is, is a perfect place. There is well, no I don't know, though, but she but see now I think that there's in the back of Diana's head. I don't think she believes Themyscira is a perfect place because from a young age, she wants to leave. I mean, she, she knows that like, this isn't, she knows that this isn't real life, that there's something else out there and that she, you know, she loves her family. She loves the Amazons, but there's always something in the back of her. And that's what, that's another thing that fascinates me about the character is that she can live, she can live in this perfect place, but she Mm -hmm. chooses the challenge of living in the real world. Right. I mean, Themyscira is perfect because there is no it's it's a place removed from human weakness that, you know, there is no human weakness in there because there aren't really any humans on there. So it's perfect in that. But she is she does want to fight because she she is has been told, like, we are we are warriors. We have to save the world from Ares. This is this is our jobs. We are abdicating that by leaving the world. And then she has to eventually remake that choice because obviously Hippolyta and, and uh, all of the other Themyscirans or, you know, Amazons in that sort of prologue type animated, um, you know, classical art. Which I thought was great. Which is great. Um, They show that like, you know, the Amazons used to do that and then were basically enslaved and then decided we have to, we have to balance these people are the, the human human frailty is too too strong for us to want to keep protecting it and then you know eventually after that that brilliant conversation with steve she has to diana has to make that choice for herself and she makes a, a different decision obviously um but that scene is great by the way i think that is chris pine's like best moment he is so his emotion is so strong and the way he interacts with her is so like he's so desperate to make her believe that human beings can be good and also himself. And like the way he sort of is wants to shake her. And but it's just so his the his physicality in that scene is so wonderful. I mean, it's taking Oh, Chris Pine's fantastic. I actually want to stay um, on the topic of just this. And this is what see to me, this this actually speaks to the superhero genre. This is what separates the great superhero movies from the mediocre ones is when they're not afraid to just, you know, play up. And look, I, I know I really bash on the Marvel films, but look, I, I get it. Like, they're entertaining movies, and if people love them, that's great. But mm-hmm. I just for me, they're afraid to go to those places where – and this is part of the reason why I like Batman v Superman. And mm-hmm. I think it, I think this film too – I think it now – I think Wonder Woman does it – I guess the word I'm looking for is it does it in a nicer way. But look, mm-hmm. is that heroes are flawed, okay? They don't have all the answers. 
Okay, and they have to, I mean, even at the end of the film, Wonder Woman is saying, like, look, these heroes, like, there's a darkness in them that they always have to battle within each other. And I think yeah. that's great. I think that makes the characters multi-layered. I think it makes them compelling. It's why I like BVS. It's why I like Man of Steel. Um, and part of the reason why I actually think this movie would have been great if it if we saw it before Batman versus Superman is mm. I think that that last monologue, which is, I think it's such a great way to end the movie. I think yeah. that last monologue perfectly sets up what you watch in Batman versus Superman is that these guys, Superman and Batman, you know, they are heroes, but there's there, they have to battle within themselves and they have to reach that conclusion and they have to get better. And I actually think it's sort of that monologue and what Wonder Woman says is a good prelude to BVS, which is why I think it would have been interesting if this movie came before that. That is a nice point. I mean, that definitely would have, yeah, you, you, that's a good point. I think people would have been more um, forgiving of BVS in that situation. Because, but I, don't, oh, I wonder, I, you know, I don't, I wonder, I don't know if people ever would have, um, I just don't think, like, business-wise, they would have said, like, let's do Wonder Woman first. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They uh, I mean, look, it was a pure business issue. I mean, gee, yeah. you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to have the movie with Batman and Superman first or the movie with unproven Wonder Woman? I mean, I get yeah, it. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, but that also speaks to, I think, a lot of reason why – and I'm glad that people are loving this film. I'm glad that there's no divisive reaction. I'm glad that everyone is holding hands and loving Wonder Woman. Believe me. But I think, you know, one of the things is that people are praising this movie is because of, you know, the optimism, the optimism, the optimism. And it's definitely there. And maybe this movie just does a better job of it than BVS did. I think it's there in BVS at the end. Because, I don't. Because, uh, yeah, there, there's but, very little optimism in Batman v Superman. And but also, but, but, also, but they earn the optimism at the end. Like, it's the sure. reason why that ending for in BVS is so powerful to me is because mm -hmm. those characters went through hell to get there. And I think that, you know, okay, by the way, spoilers alert for BVS. I mean, <laughs> the movie's been out for over a year. All right. Yeah. Um, is, you know, is Bruce Wayne's line just so succinctly, he just says like, men are still good. Okay. And that to me is like, yes, that is the exclamation point on this film. It's actually more optimistic than you think. I do agree with you though, that I, I think you are right about the dialogue in BVS that at times it can be, very movie-ish dialogue, it's, whereas it's Wonder Woman's whereas Wonder Woman's dialogue is more like real people talk. That is mm -hmm. totally fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that idea of of Wonder Woman first. That would have that would have been interesting because it is sort of an odd. This has to sort of all take place, or you know, her thinking back on this has to take place right before, right after BVS, and right before Justice League. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, I like Batman v Superman, but I think what people what appeals to people on this one, and I think what people didn't like about Man of Steel, or at least what I remember people not liking about it, was that the optimism that usually is associated with Superman was was absent. And I think, I mean, it, it feels very. But that makes him a, see. But this is the thing: is that this is why. And th this to me, this is why I'm a movie guy first and a comic book guy second is yeah. because if they just – and this is why – part of the reason why I think Captain America is a boring character. I mean don't get me wrong. I like Chris Evans' performance in those movies. He does a good job. But it's just he's a 
he's a simple character. Like, there's not a lot of layers to him. Whereas what they do with Clark Kent in Man of Steel is they actually make him a real character. Like, he doesn't just wake up one morning and he's like, I'm Superman and I'm going to save the world. Yay! Uh, he actually goes through an experience where he tries to answer these questions of, you know, who am I? Uh, is it worth it for me? You know, is humanity worth it? You know, what what am I what am I supposed to do with these powers? He actually learns and discovers on his own to be the hero that he should be where he just wakes up one morning and does it. And so that's why yeah. I think Man of Steel is a fantastic movie. And I think Wonder Woman, I think getting back to Wonder Woman, I think it's there with her too. Like she is that good person, okay, yeah. but it's not like and like I said, her outlook of the world when she go when she gets to London is she just wants to save people and she wants to and she wants to fight she wants to go directly to the war and that's great but yeah. i love that throughout the movie she learns that these aren't perfect people and mm-hmm. she even she even questions herself at times i mean look it's doing the same thing that these other two dc movies did i guess this one just spoke more to people it just maybe it was because of the tone well, maybe well, because it was more lighthearted i don't know yeah. no but i think I, it's because um the idea that one has to even after being disappointed in human frailty and just human beings in general has to choose to keep going because people are essentially worth it is more resonant now than it would have been 6 months ago or a year ago um but yeah i think i mean i think what's appealing about diana is that um you know, she is so hopeful and there's a clear, like I said, there's a clarity to the way she looks at what is right and wrong that I can understand why people sort of had trouble with it. I loved Man of Steel. I mean, the more like Batman that you make Man of Steel is fine with me because I've never liked Man of Steel or I've never really liked Superman very much precisely because his idealism felt a little like his rah-rah Americanism felt a little false to me. Um, and I like that, like, you know, Wonder Woman has to earn it here. And we don't always get to see Superman earn it. You know, like in, in Man of Steel, he's we don't really see him. I mean, it's a very different take on the traditional character where, you know, his his parents are like, well, just let the bus full of children die if it means you. They don't have all the answers. And that's why it's an interesting movie. And that's why they're interesting characters. Jonathan Kent doesn't have all the answers. Okay, it's not easy to raise a, a kid who is actually an alien who can lift trucks, okay? And that's why... Sure. I, I mean, we're getting off... I'm getting off on a Man of Steel tangent because I love it's that okay. film. But I'm just... That's why it works. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. But I, I also... I also, like, just have... After watching Arrow for many years and reading the sort of criticism of it, I, I do sort of um, push back about the idea that superheroes can only be deadly serious to be um, worth our time. Oh, look, I mean, and that's, I think, and that's why I think Wonder Woman is resonating with people. Even though I love Man of Steel and BVS, I will admit this movie does a better job of infusing lightheartedness that, it's, it's yeah. I guess the word I'm looking for is that Wonder Woman, I, I get it. It's a more endearing film than those other ones. I totally and, no, understand. No, and I really it. do think it, 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 it benefits from the time that it's in, because if, sure you know, there is something about a woman choosing to to keep going and trying to make the world better after being wildly disappointed in human beings that, that really does feel extremely relevant in a way that again, would not have felt 
before six months ago. Well, we talked a lot about Wonder Woman herself, but I, I do want to talk about Godot's performance. Um, there's two things I want to hit on, and then I'll give it to you. Is yeah. Uh, okay, it goes without saying that the action-based scenes, I mean, she's phenomenal. Fierce as hell, intensity all over the place. I mean, you yep. got that from BVS, so that was, no, that was no surprise. And, you know, I've talked about it a hundred times, but even though there's a lot of people who aren't big fans of BVS, there is no one who was like, yeah, I didn't like Wonder Woman. I mean, that, I've said it a million times, but that glib smile she gives when she's fighting Doomsday, that says it all. Yeah. Um, so, but so the action base scenes are all great, but and I pointed this out in my review is it's the subtleties in Godot's performance that floored me when she yeah. is looking at that bullet coming in Themyscira, she just gives this look of like fascination and kind of fear, but also there's like a tinge of excitement in there, like you know what what is this thing it it's you know there's a whole world out there, and she says so much. In yeah. her face when she's looking at that bolt, bullet flying through, and there's that's just definitely like so many moments example. like that for Godot. Yeah, that's definitely a perfect example of what you said about efficient writing because that achieves so much in one thing. It's like her realizing what the world of men represents, seeing the the what can happen with a bullet, and then reacting to it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is, and then also just like I said, the dialogue really plays to her strengths. It's as she always she always has a brilliant line and they're always quick. Um, mm -hmm. and it always represents the character really well. Uh, Godot, I mean, Godot crushed it. She is, you know, like I said, it's, it's those subtleties that really endears, um, a superhero performance to the audience. You know, Christian Bale does it. Hugh Jackman does it. You know, all the bet, all the greats do it. Um, and Godot does it here as well. Staying on Themyscira for a little bit. Um, mm. I want to talk about Robin Wright and, uh, Connie Nielsen. Yeah. Um, both were great. Now, Connie, uh, yeah, what, what, uh, I was about to say Connie Wright. Whoops. Robin <laughs> Wright um, is fantastic in oh, this she's movie. So good. Her, yeah. I mean, ah, uh, and it's just, she's so tough, but she gets it. Like, she, mm -hmm. get, she sees in Diana that this is a person who needs to serve humanity. She yes. can't stay here. She yeah. knows it. And you can even tell in Robin Wright's performance that it sort of kills her that she has to go against her queen, which is, you know, everyone respects Hippolyta, but um, it's just such a, it's such a, it's a shame, but it's also a, a huge strength to the film that when she dies, that impact, you, that's when you know the film is working. That yeah. impact hits you hard. Right. Um, you've I only known that character for like half an hour. No, not even. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so her and Ro I mean, Robin Wright, she's a great actress and yeah. you could not have, you could not have found a better person to play that role. I do, I do think though, um, this doesn't, Connie Nielsen is great too. However, mm -hmm. and this speaks more to just how good Robin Wright was, is that yes. I feel like Queen Hippolyta was undercut a little bit because like when she, like I felt that impact a lot when, uh, is it Antiope? Is that how you pronounce it? Antiope. And, okay. Wow. I was way, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, when she, I mean, cause when she bites the dust, you feel that impact. Whereas yeah. when Diana leaves, um, Queen Hippolyta for the first time, like, you know, you felt it, but I just, I didn't have the connection to Hippolyta like I did, uh, Robin Wright's character. And it's yeah. not, and I'm not, it's not because of Nielsen's performance. She was great. It just speaks more to the strength of Wright's performance. Yeah, I think 
That's true. Um, yeah, that's why I put Robin Wright as my sort of like you know your scene stealer, secret scene, scene stealer, because she yeah. is she is excellent. I mean, I had a, the one of the people I saw it with. I was like, man, Robin Wright was great. And she was like, what? And I was like, you know, Antiope. And she's like, oh my god, I, I just she was so good in that. I was just like, I felt like they just found an Amazon and cast her in the role. Um, but yeah, Robin Wright is really good in that, and she does so much with so little time. But I think. Hippolyta is harder to love because she's clearly overprotecting her daughter. You disagree uh, with her viewpoint. I mean, you respect yes. her wishes. I mean, look, she's a mother. I mean, so right. you get right. It. You understand. You understand where she's coming from, but you also like she's keeping the plot from starting. And I think there's also like that moment where she when when Diana leaves and she's and Hippolyta is like, "You are now my greatest sorrow." Um, might not work as well as it should because I love the theme of scare stuff, but I. Some of it seems it did feel a little um, slow occasionally, and I think it focused mm. too much on the training montages. And like, I I don't know if we needed two young actresses as as baby Diana, frankly. Um, I I completely agree. We only needed the first know? one, and I, I I I couldn't agree with you more. Actually, one of my criticisms of the movie is mm-hmm. that I would have liked. Um, some more character work on Themyscira. Like, yes. I think, like, I know, uh, like, I know in the comic books, there's usually always, like, a rival for Diana on Themyscira. And they didn't play that up at all. Like, you, really, the only three characters you get to know on Themyscira very well are obviously Diana, Hippolyta, and then uh, and Robin Wright. And mm-hmm. so there's, like, no one, like, there's usually kind of, like a rival for Diana or like yes. someone who's like giving her a hard time or like making fun of her because she was made of clay. You didn't right. get any of that. Yeah, I agree. They could have cut down some of the training sequences. Right. Totally agree. A little less training and maybe either uh, an antagonist or a friend for Diana would have been very nice. Yes. Although again, I think then you would have to sort of more um, uh, seriously address the, her, her relationship history, if you will, if she had a friend, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know if we live in that world yet. So yeah, it definitely, I would have liked something to, that was more than just, um, really cool training montages of, of women fighting, which I, I liked a lot and it's lovely to see that, but it would have been more, um, helpful for us to understand what Diana was leaving behind to see her just get like a better idea of like what it would actually be like to live on, on, on Themyscira. Well, that's I, I agree with you. Like, you don't see the reason why I don't really feel that impact when she leaves Themyscira is yeah. just, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's obviously going to go here. I mean, you don't right. feel like you didn't feel like she was very connected to the island very much. Right. That's she, why she I think the whole time. Yeah, that's why the, I think our I think our relationship with a couple of the Amazons would have worked. I actually yeah. do want to talk about the battle sequence on Themyscira for a little bit. Um, I thought it was very well done. I mean, it's very exciting. I think you know. I think at times the action was. It's a little shoddy. Uh, now this speaks. I think you were talking about earlier, like the budget yeah. on the special effects was kind it's of downtrodden. CGI budget is yeah. You can small. see that on the screen. I mean, it's fine. Like whatever. It doesn't hinder the film a ton. But and this but it's also disappointing. yeah. I mean, it's disappointing. Like I think you can definitely tell that the the action sequences were a little more downplayed, except except for the first scene when you really see Wonder Woman become. Wonder the No Woman. Man's Land. Yeah, scene. exactly. Which I guess I was reading was almost cut, which is ridiculous. What? That I, be, th- I saw that somewhere. Um, so that now that that was a phenomenal action sequence. But the other ones were fine. Um, 
So, I mean, look, it's, look, I, if you're going to give me a choice between let's focus more on the character drama or the action, I'm going to take character drama 100 times out of 100. But, you know, it would have been nice if, you know, you got some better battle sequences, but it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, in theory, I, I had a friend, one of the friends I went with, she she just sobbed through the entire Themyscira thing because she was just so excited to see, like, those sort of powerful women on screen. And I loved, I mean, despite the CGI issues, I really liked that battle scene on Themyscira. Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was great. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's, how do you not cheer for, like, Robin Wright shooting three arrows into three separate people? Wonderful. Um, that's why I paid for a ticket, realistically. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it's hard, it's hard to forgive the WB or, you know, I guess who is it? The WB, WB, Warner Brothers, whoever's paying for this, um, that they didn't see that maybe they should have just spent the extra money on the CGI, even if they weren't sure this movie was going to be an unadulterated hit, which it is going to be. Yeah. Um, I have to, I have to compliment them on a business decision because I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the budget here on uh, on I'm via IMDb. You know, you yep. never know how accurate these things are going to be. But look, according to them, the oh, it went up. See, the last time I checked this, uh, when we did our pregame thoughts, it had it listed at 120 production budget. Now it has it at 149, which is still mm-hmm. low. They are going to clean up on that budget. So. Yeah, that's still gonna. That probably includes marketing too. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what the bump is. <laughs> Do you know what well, I'm saying? And usually the marketing is like uh, double or well, just yeah. as much as the production budget. Oh, so. 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but so look, I yeah, the, the action could have they could have put a little more money into the CGI, but it's fine. Spend more money on better actors, like it's all good. Speaking of uh, CGI and battle sequences, um, let's let's actually talk about the villains a little bit um, because sure. I want to talk about that last battle sequence. But I'll put a bookmark in that for now. Um, yeah. So look, we basically, I guess we essentially had. Three vil- well, okay, like two and a half villains, depending yeah, on how you want to qualify. Three, three villains. I think it's okay. Yeah, three. yeah, no, fair enough. Three different people. No, I, I yeah. think that's fair. Like Danny Houston, um, as what like general like Luden Budenberg or whatever. Danny I, I Luden- forget. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So like completely forgettable. I mean, like fine. Like I appreciate Danny Houston's um presence in the movie. It's funny because. Yeah. So this is, uh, I believe this is Danny Houston's uh, second turn in a comic book movie, and <laughs> he's actually better in a much, 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 much worse film, which is uh, <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine. He's actually, his performance is actually better in that film, which is a little weird. Yeah. Well, he's, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's like deliberately a comic book villain in this um, yeah. because he's such a red herring. Do you know? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I get it. Like, his whole purpose was just to fake out everybody. And you kind of, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I didn't predict that, like, David Thewlis, I think that's how you pronounce it, would be, yeah. um, would be, like, the big bad. But I knew that, like, there was, was something, surprise. but you knew there was something else brewing, like, with yes. Ludendorff. Like, you knew that he was eventually going to break out and be full-fledged Ares. Um, like, he was forgettable. Uh, we'll circle yeah. back on... Ares in a minute, but the sure. villain I did really like was Dr. Maru, uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Poison. I thought she was great. You don't see a yeah. ton of her, but the actress, uh, Elena Anaya. Uh, Anaya, yeah, I, mean, I have I'm no really idea how to pronounce really struggling. that. I'm really struggling today, um, <laughs> but that's fine. But she was, but much like Godot, uh, a lot of great subtle acting. She, 
she just she was unsettling. Um, yeah, that mask was fantastic. Mask is great. I just like the way that Doctor Poison. I like the way that she is observing her weapons in action. Um, mm-hmm. She's sort of like impressed by it, but at the same time, she's kind of scared of what she's watching. That also speaks brilliantly to the fake out that we get at the end of the film where it's Aries kind of influencing uh, the formulas mm-hmm. and everything. So it's like yeah. you get that dual, uh, you get that dualness of I built the weapons. I'm impressed with what I did, but like, there's also something kind of bad about this. I also like her use at the end in that she's just kind of like this sad, almost kind of pathetic character. And you actually feel sorry for her, even though she, she's building like a ton of these horrible chemical weapons. Um, so she was a good villain. So, you know, I always, I always think superhero movies, you need a good villain. Okay. And so you at least got one in here. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I like um, Dr. Maru a lot. I would have liked even more. Um, I do like the way she's used at the end where she sort of, for a moment, represents everything that is wrong with humanity. And then through her sort of, you know, Diana holding a tank over her has to decide, well, do I think this person deserves forgiveness and understand how they came to be this person? Or do I do I just smash the hell out of her and give up um yeah i liked that a lot um i mean i think for me the problem i mean i always say this about arrow is that the least interesting thing about the comic book stuff to me is the comic book shenanigans where like there's a villain and all this dumb crap um so every time we switched over to maru and and ludendorff i just looked it up um it felt like the um this the sort of pacing was was got ratcheted back totally um and uh and i I kept sort of having to be reminded throughout the movie like oh right this is like a comic book thing there's gonna be some like dumb villain later um and i i didn't mind aries um as a villain i think it works for what he needs i think that you don't always represent something like you know, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example of where the villain represents something um, and is also compelling on screen. In Guardians um, of the Galaxy? Two, two. Sorry. Oh, okay, two. okay. I was going to say yeah. the first one really Ronin, no, but I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the second one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, the second one um, where, you know, ego represents is a metaphor for ego and also a, a character. Um, I don't know if we necessarily get a character here in Ares, but we do get one in Maru, so I, I forgive it. Um, but yeah, he represents something, and I think... And it's necessary... Like, he's necessary for what the movie is trying to say, so I, any sort of, like, slowness I might have felt, um, I, I mostly forgive, because it's it's better than most. Because, a lot, I mean, a lot of those Marvel movies don't have very good villains. I can Awful barely name villains. them. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, and I think I said this in my review. I think a big part of the reason why, whenever um, both of them were on screen together and you got a scene with them, I think mm-hmm. what really kills uh, the villainness of the movie is the score in those moments. It was so like I called it just. I, I said you could just call the part of the score when you see the villains on screen the mustache, mustache twirl. and like yeah. you just it's so like. But right before a scene would end, they would kind of laugh, and you would get that just generic cliche like villainy music and i mean I, yeah yeah and i thought i thought the score was you know solid um but mm-hmm. not but not in those moments 
Um, the score is decent, but given how immediately iconic that sort of, you know, Wonder Woman, like, guitar. Every, I mean, every, everybody can't be Hans Zimmer. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows that riff. And it, it it's how do you live up to that riff? Do you, you know yeah, what I mean? You, like, yeah, you can't. And yeah, by the as way, long as the score is not that distracting, which I, I didn't find it very distracting. I just would have liked because I'm a big score, like score person. Okay. I would have liked it to be a little more interesting, but it was it was fine. The, I mean, the score, I mean, the score is a huge reason why I love Man of Steel. Um, mm, so just that's kind a beautiful of beautiful score. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, quick, quick diversion on the score. So the guy who scored this this film Rupert Gregson Williams. Um, he has an interesting history, if I just may for a moment. Here, yeah. Here's what he's composed. Uh, just go with it. Zookeeper. Jack and Jill. That's my boy. Here comes the boom. Grown Ups 2. Okay, he diverted a little bit with Winner's Tale. Blended. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. There's a lot of um, Adam, Adam Sandler. Yeah, this is like the Adam Sandler guy. And then, okay, then for some reason he fell into the Legend of Tarzan last year. Fair enough. And then get this. Then later that year, he does Hacksaw Ridge. Um, because, <laughs> I, cause I know when I always think of Hacksaw Ridge, I think of Jack and Jill. That's just me. Um, and yeah. so, wow. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's a budgetary thing that happened that they couldn't get Hans Zimmer to come back, but it, Jesus Christ, that is embarrassing. I, but look, like, wow. give him some credit. Like, he does a good job. I mean, it's not like an amazing score that I'm going to remember till the end of time, like right. Man of Steel right. or but the Dark Knight. But I would have liked Knight, to but... buy it. Do you know? I was looking forward to that. At least he had access to Hans Zimmer's guitar riff. Um, yes. Staying on the villains for just a second, I do want to yep. talk more about Ares. So I agree with you. You mentioned um, you know, the stuff that gets to you about uh, superhero movies or TV is when it gets too deep into superhero shenanigans, I believe is what you said. And that's what I think the last battle sequence is. I don't hate it, but it's just like we we gotta we gotta stop with this. Everything is exploding and imploding around you, and yeah. the villain is just kind of standing there and like, I want to destroy everything. They, yeah, they've it is, gotta it is they've gotta get out of this run. They've got to get out of this It is the biggest weakness of, like, comic book movies. I mean, it, the only good thing about it was that at least it wasn't a major metropolitan city this time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. As far as, like, David Thewlis, I mean, you know, I think he does, like, it's fine. Like, I think I liked some of his dialogue, but when he gets into that costume, I didn't hate it, but it does look a little silly, and it's like, come on, this movie's better than that. Like, we yeah. could have done better. Like, when I think of, like, here's the thing. One of the things I like about the Wonder Woman mythology is borrowing from the Greek god stuff. I like that. But when I think of Greek gods, I don't think of a giant transformer, which is what Ares was. Like, I think of, like, um, I'm trying to, you know, I think of guys in really badass robes with, like, yeah. you know, beards and just being badass. And I guess I you couldn't really do that with David Thewlis, I guess. Cool a cape and a cool helmet would have been a helmet, fine for me. But not a giant metal helmet. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, I saw, um, because I don't I don't respect myself, I saw that King Arthur movie last night. Oh, why would you the, do that to yourself? I know. And the, you know what's crazy, though, is that the villain and uh, <laughs> in that and Ares had almost exactly the same costume. And I, I don't want to like, hear that. Uh, what a huge mistake. Um, yeah, it is disappointing that these movies have to keep devolving into sort of like explosion fests. Um, I did like that there was a reason for this one. No, yeah, way. no, it's okay. Yeah, and 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 the interlude of of Steve's whole 
involvement in that climax was like thrilling. The one of the most thrilling things I've I've seen in one of those dumb climaxes of of a superhero movie. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, him no, having- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's look, look. It's okay to have the big bang action sequence as mm-hmm. long as long as you're still doing character work during them. And exactly. it's actually part of the reason why. I know people are going to roll their eyes at this, but it's actually part of the reason why I like the Doomsday fight in BVS. Mm-hmm. I actually, believe it or not, even though you have a giant monster going roar, destroying and punching things, I do. I actually do think you get a ton of superb character drama within that fight, especially yeah. with, like, I really think that Superman's arc is earned at the end of that. And mm-hmm. when he's jamming that spear into Doomsday and you get that Hans Zimmer music, like that is the completion of uh, Clark's character arc. So that's why I like uh, the Doomsday yeah. climax. And it's part of why I think this one's okay is because, yes, you are dead on. You are still getting great character work between Diana and Steve Trevor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, I think you're yeah, right about ahead. the climax. The climax of BBS is the best thing about it. I mean, it's thrilling because it's... It, shows you i mean it even you know bringing diana into it it's like god yep. this is what this is what we could have do you know um but yeah i mean i do it is unfortunate i think that the thing that hampers wonder woman is that it has to have that big explosion ending which is satisfying in a comic book but sort of has become so rote at this point after what like a decade and a half of this like same... why can't they just have an awesome sword fight like what like what would have been so no i'm like i'm serious like what would have been yeah. so bad about that like do we really yeah. need things blowing up and complete fire around them and explosions right. and you know what that's a better way to cut down the budget like you don't need that stuff <laughs> i mean it is part like like x-men apocalypse okay i like that movie i think it's one of the weaker x-men films but i still like it yes but having said that it still just devolves into a you know everything exploding i mean part it's, of the reason it's hard, yeah. remember, it's hard to remember stakes when they are so unbelievably high that you can't really understand what it would be like to want to save the world or a, a large city or whatever i mean i think that's what you're right about what works about bbs is that like on some level the stakes are we got to save lois lane who who doesn't like lois lane sure but I, mean, I think wonder woman does it better than the average bear in that yes um and look, this is, I haven't, you know what, apologies to me, apologies to uh, the audience because I, I have not sung the praises of Chris Pine enough in this movie. This guy, yeah. I said it from the beginning, he was going to be the secret weapon of this movie. It really wasn't a secret. He is so damn good in this film. Uh, My God, and, he is so compelling. <laughs> and, 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 and just, and yes, like all the character work that he does is dead on. He's such a good actor, but his comic timing is just so pristine and mm. like that that line in the whatever they're in the cave or whatever um and you know it's you know the above average line right oh phenomenal, phenomenal. that that delivery i mean that's why that line will go down i think is one of the best lines uh in 2017 movies is Surely. it's like kind of you know i've only seen the film once so i think the correct me if i'm wrong so basically the setup is Diana is asking him, like, do you consider, are you, like, average for your species? Or it's something along those lines, right? Yes. And there's, yes. like, a hesitation. And you're like, okay, this has got to, this line has got to be a winner. Like, yes. what are we going to do? And they nailed it. Uh, he's, yeah. he's just, and like, and like we talked about earlier, their dynamic is fantastic. 
And that is what he works so well in tandem with developing Wonder Woman's character. And it goes, and my favorite scene in the movie is after Diana slays um, General uh, Danny Houston. I'll just call him. And, and she's just like, the war is still going on. Why is this happening? And it's Steve Trevor explaining to her, like, and he's struggling to explain it to her because it's very complicated. It's like, this is what human beings are. There, you know, yeah. there, there's darkness to them, but it's, it's kind of goes back to the theme of the movie. It's like, it's right. what you believe. Um, great writing and great acting. Yeah, he's wonderful in that scene. And he, uh, there's a moment where he's talking to her and he's clearly so in love with her and really wants to convince her that like humanity is worth it. And he sort of just like brushes her hair out of this, out of her face in a, in a, like a very sort of unthinking way. Like he just is so in tune to her that I thought was really lovely. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, he sells the shit out of every single one of his lines in a way that like the, the, the movie needs, because if, if there had been a less charismatic guy in that role, I don't know if the movie would have worked as well as it does because you, and I can't believe like you have to really be devastated by the, by him getting killed, which I could not believe was actually happened. Like it had to happen because obviously, you know, he has to die at some point for him. He's he's going to grow old. But I, I I was very surprised that they, they killed him off. And But in, in a really beautiful way. Yeah, I'm sure in some form or fashion, he'll... We have not seen the last of Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. That's yeah. just my that's just my guess. Um, I hope not. That's, I mean, again, I, I can't... The thing I hate most about comic books is the way that they make death not matter. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that's... It's always the worst thing you can do, whether it be in a superhero movie or TV show. No, I mean, look, it's, it all, look, I mean, that's down the road. It all depends on how they bring them back. I mean, I'll always, if it's well-written, if it's a good idea, I'll be open to it. But yeah, uh, I do, you know, the thing, the thing with this movie is, see, people, you see, I I like, like I said, I like movies like Man of Steel and BVS, but you know, I'm not a cold-hearted bastard, okay? Uh, And (laughs) I like, it's all about how you introduce those lighthearted moments and how they are woven into the film. And it's stuff like when she's eating the ice cream for the first time, okay? Mm-hmm. That is a great character moment. It's very light. Yep. It's very funny. But it also works for who the character is, and it's organic. Yep. Um, and that's where I think a lot of superhero movies fail. So I can, do, can it, actually – can I ask you a question about um, the humor for a second? Because yes. you had said in your – you know, you don't like the Marvel style of like sort of set up set up jokes. jokes. Set up jokes. Yes. Joke. I'm interested because you pointed out in your review um, the Etta Candy character, who I right. quite liked. Um, but sure. I wonder why you pointed out her and not the um, group of guys later, because they. Do you mean for like? Me, do you mean like the group of guys, like their army crew? Yeah, the like the chief and um, sure. yeah. Uh, what Charlie and and uh, the Samir? I think was his name. Samir, Samir, yes. Because like for them, they feel more conventional to me than well, annoyingly conventional, like dismissible, in a way that Etta doesn't. And that I think the scene that you pointed out, the the, the getting dressed up scene, like I I love that scene. And my favorite line in the whole movie is her like Steve puts glasses on Diana and the and Etta goes, oh, really? Just because you put some specs on her, she's not like the most beautiful woman you've ever seen now. Like that that scene achieves so much in, in the way it's like making fun of the way that women are treated in a comic book and the sort of dumb things we have to accept, you know? And like, and also just like fashion in general and how sort of constricting it is. Like it's doing a lot about gender politics 
where the guys later are just like broy jokes that we see all the time. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like even in even in Captain America: First Avenger, we have right. just the exact same group of guys, pretty much. Right, but they're all white in like Captain America, um, and in this, they're they're you know they're the same thing. It's almost the exact same thing, and it's the same sort of like bro humor that we have seen thousands of times i the reason why well i'll talk about Ed in a minute but the reason why i just like those three characters like i everything you're saying is right like their humor was very like yeah i've been there done that but they're such mm-hmm. like they're like to me they're such minor characters in the film that you know, just kind of like go along with them like i just thought they were solid and entertaining like i didn't think too much about them and they're not like overexposed or anything i mean they serve mm-hmm. like for me they just kind of serve their purpose where etta I think Etta plays a little more weight in the film, so that's why I kind of singled her out more. And I thought that the, the performance was fine. Like, I don't really have a big issue with that character. And you did point out a couple lines that I did like from her. The line about the spectacles was a good line. For me, the reason why, if you really, I'm telling you, if you go back and watch the film, a lot of her humor and there's a good amount of her lines were honestly it just devolves into her kind of, like, mumbling. And I'm like, eh, come on. Like, we can do better. I'm telling you, like, there's just a couple scenes where she just kind of goes like, mm-hmm. and it's like, we can do better yeah, than I that. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but I think they're they're achieving something. They're see, achieving something different than what the guys are doing. Like, all of all of those characters, all four characters, the three guys and then Etta, yeah. are achieving different things. One of them is more plot-based um, with the guys sort of being, like, they are helping Diana decide, like, understand that humanity is is terrible, um, and um, Etta is more t- doing gender stuff. So I think they're all equally integral and all equally sort of like, here's a here's a, a funny line, here's a setup, here's like here's like Charlie getting punched. You know he's the guy getting punched, not the one who's being beating people up. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I think all of their stuff is vital, but in very different ways. Although to be fair, though, I mean, now definitely, I think with the character Samir, yeah, you get the typical bro humor, like yeah, been mm-hmm. there, done that. I, I mean, they they do try and kind of do more of an emotional core though with the Charlie character, who has some like deep, deep like right. I guess post traumatic stress. But Charlie of the three characters, Charlie is the easiest to dismiss for me because he is the most conventional and the one we've seen before, whereas what I really appreciated about the chief and Samir was that this movie had a sort of intersectionality that I was not expecting and very much appreciated because this would be something Diana would notice that there is like racism is dumb and yet human beings perpetrate it. So, and because she's so removed from it, she would understand that. But you know, a guy having PTSD that is, easily understood and something we see many times i think well well i think that character is a little cliche i can get on board with that um i do i I, it plays a nice little scene into actually diana's character though when he basically is whining and wants to leave and diana has a very nice line about why he should stay and it's like but who's going to sing for us that was a nice moment for diana um uh, getting back to uh the kind of yeah i mean it's definitely like you know of the bolstering of you know it's (laughs) i don't know women characters have to bolster like sad men all the time do you you know that's like diana does that throughout bvs in a lot of ways so like throughout throughout bvs you think yeah in a way i mean that's essentially her function kind of at the end all right i can see your point at the end when she's um she's there with bruce wayne uh yeah, yeah fair enough uh, getting yeah. back to uh, the scene with Etta and the, the trying on all the dresses. So that scene, 
like to me like it's okay but my 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 problem with that scene is that I said in my review is that's where the movie felt a little marvelish because mm-hmm. I that was just there to just to set up jokes like that's my problem yeah, I, with it. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing though. I mean, it was one jokes. scene. It's fine. Like it's one. It's yeah. it's you know but that also, it's it's not appealing to you. It's not it's not necessarily for you. It's it's for the women in the audience. I think it could, but if, I think if you write it a little better, I think like like to me like it was just. There was nothing like super clever about it, except for that one line about the spectacles. I'll give you that one. It is, yeah, perhaps, but it is. There is a lot of cleverness there that maybe, you know, is it? It's about women experiencing fashion and the restrictions of it, and the sort of absurdity of it that would resonate more with with a woman. Uh, Fair enough. I see. Like when I saw that scene, the trailer, I knew exactly what it was going to be. Um, and that's fine. Like, I think, and I think right, you're right. You know like, exactly it's one... what Charlie's whole thing is going to be too. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? There's, there's very little difference to me, but, I, but they're appealing to different audiences. Yeah. I mean, they're both, I... they're both cliches, but one of them is meant for women and one of them is meant for men. But, and one story has been often given more weight historically than the others. I did where I will give the, um, where I will give the Etta, um, character credit is I did think that the scenes, um, about the and this is in the trailer. The secretary lines were very well written. Those were yes. those were clever lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that also see anytime the movie can really just play off of Diana's character development is yeah. where this movie really shines. So yeah. it's stuff like that, and it's just her way of looking at the world. Like uh, she just bluntly says, "Like yeah, that's slavery." Like that's, that yeah. that like yeah. that is that is a fantastic line. That's how I think. That's how I think you can u- use the character of Etta better. Whereas I think kind of towards but, later in but the Etta film. Has, Etta has a line like that. In the middle of the fashion scene where she says, where Diana asks her something about fashion and moving around. And Etta has to say like, well, hopefully that's how we'll get the vote. I mean, that's a dark line that is very delivered in a comedy way. But you have to, it's, it's underlining the fact that you know, Diana just came from a, 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 an island where women have all the rights and are warriors. And now she is in a world where women cannot even vote. Here's where I'll give Wonder Woman a ton of credit for a line like that and a character like Etta is mm-hmm. that I, I that's a good point because I think her impact with that line is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if this was another superhero movie, I think it would have been very easy to overexpose Etta as just more of the pure comic relief. And they right, don't, think, they don't do that. Darcy and yeah, exa- the MC. exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. Thor films. Yeah, dead on. Yep. That's what Darcy is. Is she could be kind of an interesting character if they yep. if they didn't expose her as much, but she's just played I off of say, though, comic w- relief. Women women love Darcy, and I I'm okay with Darcy, but there's like she's huge in fandom circles. It's it's incredible. I, look, I don't like I like the actress, and I'd be fine with Darcy as a character. Like. Actually, to be honest with you, I like her in the first Thor movie because I don't think she's – I think her scenes aren't as overexposed. Like whenever she pops up, you appreciate it, and she's yeah. actually more clever. Whereas in that awful sequel, it's just like it's Darcy Overload, and that's where you oversaturate a character. That's where writing gets bad. Mm. Um, so fair enough. Um, I can definitely see why a lot of people would like that character, but uh, I would prefer not to talk about Thor The Dark World because I'd like <laughs> to stay on a movie that I like. Uh, yep. Which is um, Wonder Woman. Okay, so let's, let's let's talk more about the big picture stuff. So sure. we talked about earlier that you know, look, Wonder Woman. There's no doubt about it. It had like the weight of the world on its shoulder. In yep. she's no doubt the most iconic superhero, a uh, female superhero there is. Okay, so this movie like it was very very important for it to work. And you know, I will say this 
um, I'd be curious to see what you think about this, is even though it's ridiculous that we had to wait so long to get a Wonder Woman movie, um, I think actually it was more beneficial because let's 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 be honest. If this movie was made like ten years ago, it would have been Elektra. It would have been Catwoman, and that would have completely and that would have completely killed the female superhero genre. Yeah, I I uh, I mean I have a very special affection for Jennifer Garner, so I forgive Elektra. That, that pro- I mean it's not her fault, but just no, it's not poor, her fault. Poor movie. Um, and she's very good as as Elektra for what it is. Sure. Um, yeah, I I, I would have. On some level, I agree. I am glad that this first big, huge Wonder Woman movie is is really good. But I also still would have liked to have um, female superheroes be allowed to be as sort of mediocre as as most of the male superheroes <laughs> movies are. Like they're just they're just allowed, and yet you know this it has to have the weight of the world on it because women are just assumed to not be. Um, marketable which is a problem so yeah I'm, I'm glad it's great um i still wish we could have had some some flow you know flops in the middle i mean we did have a lot of flops but i would have liked yeah. <laughs> i would like a little the chance for a little more mediocrity you know what i mean like i mean a lot of a lot of that marvel output i've seen it all and a lot of it is mediocre and that's but and it's allowed to be mediocre and safe that's their calling card yes and i don't and i don't necessarily think that's a problem because listen it's product this is these are not like great films we're we're being given like moonlight is a great film you know thor the dark world 2 is a marketing opportunity and i'm fine with that i understand that and i don't resent it for it but but that the, that's that's my issue with see right. with, with superhero movie it's like yeah. see this is why i reject a lot of and like i said the marvel it's movies they're, they're not it's bad movies um, the Marvel no. movies aren't bad movies. They're entertaining. That's fine. They're mediocre. And like we said, McDonald's it's okay to be a good there. thing to eat. You know, like they're the McDonald's of 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 entertainment, and that's fine. There is place for that, and I I appreciate it. But I would have liked that women be allowed to do that beforehand, because for God's sake, you know, Scarlett Johansson is like the biggest action star in the goddamn world. She can sell a movie. There's no excuse for there not to be a Black Widow movie unless they just didn't offer her enough money. I agree. It's ridiculous. And plus, because the Marvel brand now is so strong, they can sell anything. And you're telling me you can't do a Black Widow movie. Totally agree. That does speak to... See, here's the thing. Like, I I said at the top that it was going to be hard for Wonder Woman to fail. And part of the reason was because she Mm -hmm. is the most iconic female superhero there is. I mean, everybody was waiting for years to see a Wonder Woman movie. I mean, I think think part of the problem, though, is that, you know, what other female superheroes can really match... Wonder Woman's iconography. I mean, okay, well, Batgirl maybe. I don't know. I think I think it would have to be a villain, which is says a lot about the way so like comic a Harley Quinn movie. No, no. Well, Catwoman would have been equally um, well known, but obviously that movie was not very good for many <sighs> reasons. Um, I mean, it's it's bad. I watched it. it. It's 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 horrible. It's really bad. Um, but I think it's also just like you know, there's a reason that the iconography is not there, and the reason. Like Wonder Woman has that iconography partially because she got a TV show like all the rest of guy, the guys. Do you know what I mean? And I love that stupid TV show. Um, it almost got another one, <laughs> which, was, right. which was which was oh, killed God, quickly. Right. <laughs> yeah, with uh, with Adrian, uh, what Palicki or whatever, uh, yeah, David E. Kelly. Yeah, yeah which oh my God, I remember reading articles about that, 
And the like, supposedly that pilot was just dreadful. I heard, um, yeah, it was supposed to be probably better. better for the character that that didn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I, I do wish, I, I think it's great that we got a good one, but I, I wouldn't have minded a couple mediocre female led comic book movies or shows. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. It's kind of like, you know, it's great that we got a good one, but like, why can't, you know, there's so many good, I mean, well, not good, but there's so right. many mediocre why, why male superheroes. To... Like, why can't yeah. we at least get, like, <laughs> you're kind of right. It, it's like, we've either gotten horrible female superhero movies or great ones, Wonder Woman and then Elektra and um, Catwoman. Like, there is no middle ground. Yeah. Um, but look, right, because if, we've not been allowed to, because women have to, like, the thing is, the the female character has to be perfect, whereas a male character can just be sort of all right and mildly interesting. Like, a, a, fe- a male character can be fucking Ant-Man, who I like. But, like, you know, but here, you know, the thing about Ant-Man, though, is, like, why does it have to be, like, why do we have to see Ant-Man and the Wasp? Like, just do a Wasp movie. Yeah, right, because it, like, you always have to, like, give her a start somewhere, and then she can do stuff on her own, which is crushing. Same thing with Captain Marvel, like... <laughs> Captain yeah. Marvel's getting her own movie. However, where are you going to see her first? You're going to see her on Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, which is great. Real, uh, just so exciting. I get to watch that first. Uh, <sighs> I think, but now, okay, here, here's the good news, is that if Hollywood has taught me anything, it's that when something works, they're like vultures and they try and do it again. So look, this the box office this movie, it's kicking ass. I think it's going to be about... I don't know, 105 million opening weekend, 110. I think that's a pretty yeah. damn good number for Wonder Woman. So. And so Hollywood's going to take a look at that and they're going to be like, okay, people want female superheroes. Let's, let's do it. And I think you're going to get a huge influx of all those characters. Just like you're seeing now when Logan blew up a few months ago, now mm-hmm. people, now they want to do rated R uh, superhero movies. So it's yeah, all, well, yeah, that, it's all a cycle. That, for yeah. sure. For that's, that's true. I'll give, I'll give proper credit to Deadpool. Um, fair point. Uh, so, but I mean, I guess I, I mean, there has been talk about the Joss Whedon Batgirl movie. We'll see. I mean, it doesn't have a release date yet. Um, yeah, I, I have, I'm cautiously optimistic about that. I just would like to not have to watch, um, uh, Barbara Gordon be brutalized by the Joker. <laughs> like that's my one thing. And I, I don't know if we live in that world because that, that cartoon just came out not that long ago. And that, that story is for some reason still very lauded. Uh, well, I mean, I totally get your point. I mean, the killing joke, just, just because for me, just because of the, uh, dynamic between, it's not so much about Batgirl and Barbara Gordon. It's, I, mean, it's, I, I, I love, I love that. that. I love that story because, uh, it's the perfect, um, relationship between Batman and the Joker. And that oh, yeah. speaks to me. So it's a, it's a great thing for them, but Fair it, enough, it's, it is upsetting that she has to be a plot device. Absolutely. Uh, she is only a plot device. I completely can understand that point of view. Fair enough. And the animated movie did not do that character any favors. Um, let's go back to Wonder Woman, though. Kind of looking forward. So, okay, we've got Justice League coming out. I don't know if you've heard, but that's a movie that's coming out in November. Um, <laughs> I have heard. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is a conversation for another day, but a lot of sad stuff sure. surrounding that movie with Zack Snyder and all that. You know, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, I'm optimistic about that movie as a DC guy. Um, you know, I think, look, the DCEU, it's four movies in, okay? And I think three out of the four have hit it out of the park. I'm alone on an island. I even kind of like Suicide Squad. Stop it, I, stop it. I did. <laughs> movie's awful. Yeah. What, uh, what, name, name the best thing you liked about Suicide Squad. Harley Quinn, very easy. 
And I would say that while you're right and that she's good in the movie, I think that speaks to one of Suicide Squad's weaknesses is that they completely they could have done so much more yeah. with that character. Yeah. Make her yeah, complete because the loony. problem is that the biggest weakness is Jared Leto. I mean, it pains me to agree with you on that. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right, I don't want to talk about Suicide Squad. I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, but look, hard. this is the fourth one. Justice League is coming out next. I'm optimistic about the film, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go on the limb and say that the next trailer that you see for Justice League will be very Wonder Woman oh. heavy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's who the character I they hope can so. sell. I mean, honestly, if it's just uh, Wonder Woman and like reveals of of Lady Mira from Aquaman, I would be pleased as punch. Uh, then, of course, they've already. I mean, look, we're gonna get a Wonder Woman sequel. Now, I want to ask you, so uh, I have an idea. I'm just going to go on a limb and say that the villain in the Wonder Woman sequel, I'm pretty sure that her most iconic villain is probably Cheetah, right? Yeah. She's a character I'm okay with. I like the character fine. Um, I have my casting choice for her, but just oh. quickly, what do you uh, what do you want to see from a Wonder Woman sequel? Uh, before I answer that, who do you want to cast as Cheetah? And my, my, my 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 name is Jessica Chastain. That's who I'm. Uh, oh my God. That's, who I'm, that's, that's who I'm banking that's on. Thrilling! I fully, I'm 100 percent behind behind that. Um, I don't know. I, I was talking about it with some people after um seeing the movie, and someone was like, "Well, they should just set the second one in World War II so that the posters can just have WW2, and then my body <laughs> is still somewhere outside the theater somewhere." Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I think that would be interesting to do. Um, like go to the next Great War. Although I think you, we would en- inevitably end up. I think they've. The I think they've confirmed that it's going to be in modern times. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually. I actually might prefer modern times. Not even. But I. I actually would say not even all the way up to modern times. Um, I. I would mind. I wouldn't mind a 70s, honestly. Um, because you could still do interesting stuff about the beginning of the feminist movement there. But that's just like me writing. Um what I want to see in the world. And I would, I mean, I would love that. Like if you put Diana as a, now real, probably a secretary or something in the army or doing something where she has to start interacting with the feminist movement, I think that would be great as a piece of like really using the character for all she's worth. But I don't know if there's like, I don't know what storyline you would write for that. Maybe you would put Cheetah in that. I think that would, that might be interesting. Um, or like her trying to get back to the mascara or something like that, um, which is a, Com- like something they've done in the comic books recently about her struggling to get back to the mascara. Um, like that would be an interesting movie. I don't, again, I don't know if there's a market for that. I think people do definitely want to just see her like in the modern times. And I think Cheetah would be useful for any of those times. Like that's a great, like that was the one thing about this movie that I was like knowing everything I knew about it going in. I was like, man, I wonder when they're going to put Cheetah in. Um, hopefully they up the damn CGI budget for that or go all practical effects. Um, Jessica Chastain is a brilliant choice. I think you should call someone if you know anybody. Uh, I can get on the phone on that immediately. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, do they confirm in Wonder Woman or BVS, has she she given up the mantle of Wonder Woman until, like, it made it seem like she was Wonder Woman in World War I, and then Mm -hmm. literally the next time she was Wonder Woman was BVS. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. I mean, you, yeah, you and I have seen the same amount of stuff, but it it does seem to imply that she does disappear a little bit and that she's not like a public figure. I don't I guess my guess is that she would now become a public figure 
after BBS when she's fighting with like five other masked people, essentially, you know, like in Justice, Justice League, people are going to notice her. Um, but I would think she is more, um, I mean, just based on what she does as Diana in BBS, I would think she's just more of a spy, sort of like quietly doing stuff um, and keeping an eye on things, like maybe not putting on the suit all the time. Uh, that would be a I tough wonder, sell. Yeah, I wonder if she's not putting on the suit all the time because of um, what happened in World War One, and she just is like, you know. Uh, but I think I think there's room in her backstory. Like like I'm saying, if you want to do the '70s or something, you could throw her into the feminist movement and like have her doing um, something. Then, like any time in the past, you could show her saying like, "All right, I'm not going to be public anymore. I'm going to do my." my work from background um, because I think that's just a better way to get things done or something like that. That would be interesting. I would be, I'd be fascinated by that story. I mean, I'd be intrigued if they did different timelines. I agree with you. I think, I feel like what they're going to do though now is like, everything's going to be a post justice league movie. They've already, Mm -hmm. I think confirmed that Aquaman takes place after justice league. So look, whatever the time period is just, you know, write another great script um, and we can go from there. I have no doubt I, I, I would bank a ton of money that Patty Jenkins will return for the sequel. She seems yeah. to have like a ridiculous appreciation for the character. Clearly, yeah. clearly, this was a movie that she cared deeply about. And that kind of takes us to kind of my final wrap up on the film. This is th- this. Like I said, it met my expectations. I had a lot of high hopes for this one as a DC fan. Um, the tri- God, there was so much hype around it. It took forever yeah. to get to this movie, um, but they they knocked it out of the park. Patty Jenkins did a great job. This cast is phenomenal. Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Um, you know, I think other weaknesses. Yes, there are. I as as great as the origin story is told, I do think some of the origin-y stuff hampers it a little bit at times. Yeah. Um, it's a little too in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A little too been there, done that at times. Um, you know, like we talked about some of the special effects, hit or miss. But these are a lot of minor quibbles. All the big yeah. stuff worked. The character development here is great. And that's why I come to see superhero movies. The best superhero movies are when they're totally focused on the character and not all the outside stuff, not the stuff connecting it to bigger universe building and jokes and all that garbage. Um, you know, like I said, it's, I think it's a movie that is on the cusp of being a top 10 superhero movie for me. We have gotten a lot of great ones. You know, there's going to be a lot of Batman and X-Men movies in there for me, but I think Wonder Woman, it definitely threatens probably the ninth or 10th spot. Um, it is definitely a crowd pleasing movie. It's a movie that DC needed like hell they got it. I'm sure Warner Brothers right now, I'm sure they're all having a Wolf of Wall Street-like party in their offices. The DCEU, I think, is in a good place right now because of yes. this. Yes. Uh, people are excited. You know, I think, you know, I think Justice League, we'll plenty of time to talk about that one down the road. But as far as Wonder Woman goes, and I'll just say this about the box office, one final thing is, you know, like we said, I think it's going to be around like 105, something like that. Um I think next weekend, I think the holdover is going to be spectacular for two reasons. Number one, unlike BVS and Suicide Squad, the word of mouth is great. So you're not going to have these Anvil Titanic-like drop-offs that sink to the bottom of the sea. And then also, the biggest reason I think it's going to have a good holder is because The Mummy is next weekend. That's its biggest competition. And let's be honest, it's going to get awful reviews. Nobody cares. Wonder Woman will be number one at the box office again. 
if you haven't seen it, and I'm pretty sure you have because you've listened to this whole podcast, go see Wonder Woman. Uh, Marissa, wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't given her enough credit throughout this, even though she is the headliner, but Gal Gadot is, is worth the price of the ticket. She's phenomenal. Like she is everything you want Diana to be. Uh, there's just such a dignity to her performance and the way she carries herself. Like I've seen her in multiple, um, Fast and the Furious movies, and I've never thought she was more compelling than here because of just the way she carries herself and the just inherent goodness she projects. Yeah, definitely agree. So that is Wonder Woman. Both big thumbs up from both of us as from pretty much everybody else who has seen the film. No secret there. Um, All right, well, thanks for listening. Uh, We're going to plug all of our social media now. Uh, So, look, you can find me at DCohenWriter on Twitter. That's D-C-O-H-E-N Writer on Twitter. And, of course, more importantly, you can go to ThePopBreak.com. For all of our fantastic content, reviews, TV, music, we got it all. Um, I sound like an infomercial, but that's fine. Uh, And then, of course, you can follow the Pop Break site on Twitter where you can get all of our great content. And that's at popbreak.com, all spelled out. So that is P-O-P-B-R-E-A-K-D-O-T-C-O-M. Like I said, all spelled out at popbreak.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, and also go to iTunes and uh, leave us a rating and review, please. You can search for the Breakcast on iTunes, and you will absolutely find it in the podcast section. Uh, you can find all of our past podcasts, including uh, Guardians 2 review, uh, Logan, uh, past stuff. Y- you can find our uh, BVS and Suicide Squad podcast as well. We're on our Suicide Squad podcast. I'm completely depressed um, in a very dark place, so that's somewhat entertaining. Uh, so, yeah, definitely find us there. Uh, Marissa, go ahead and plug your social media. Yeah, I'm just at Marissa Carpico. I have the end, end on the pop break. I'm very simple compared to uh, the pop break stuff. <laughs> very easy to find. So uh, we thank you yes. for listening. And uh, have a great evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. See you later.